Welcome to Dr. Eric's Relentless Vitality Podcast. Our focus is on optimizing physical and mental vitality, maximizing performance, and extending lifespan. Dr. Eric is a licensed physician with a wealth of expertise in age management and preventive medicine, whose goal is enabling his patients to stay young, feel their best, and enjoy a higher quality of life. The, the symptom of fatigue or the symptoms of adrenal fatigue, just like you said, very real, absolutely. It's just, it, the adrenal fatigue is a catchy phrase, but it doesn't actually um, encompass what's really going on because the adrenals do put out what they do. They put out cortisol and, and other hormones at the direction of the brain primarily. So it really starts a lot higher up than people realize. The, the adrenal glands don't just give out uh, like the like the ovaries do in menopause. They don't just one day decide, you know what, I'm really tired. I don't really want to make cortisol anymore, so I'm going to stop. Right, <laughs> right. A, a miscommunication. It's usually the brain. Either the brain doesn't tell the adrenals to make cortisol, so they don't, uh, or the brain is trying to tell the adrenals, but the adrenals either aren't listening or because of some sort of communication error. Either it's a nutrient issue or, a, you know, um, a, like a, to the creation of the hormone issue or you know, inflammation or you know, toxins, there's, there's a lot of reasons that you can interrupt the communication between the brain and the adrenals. Even something simple like um, when you've hit your head, whether it's from sports or horseback riding or a car accident, you know, you, that'll, that anything that can affect your hypothalamus or your pituitary can affect your adrenals. And then, and then even medications. I mean, it's just simple things you need to think about, you know, in steroid inhalers and steroid nasal sprays and steroid, steroid creams, that will slow down the communication between the brain and the adrenals. Absolutely. You look at the symptoms, but they're, it's not a, it's not a death of the adrenal gland. Right, right. Most of the time, most of the time. Most of the time. There is an actual, yeah, there is an actual autoimmune condition, but that's pretty rare. Yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think... Uh, and I know, and you probably uh, can talk to this too. But I know with a lot of our pa- you know, a lot of patients, it's you know they they hear this and they read this, and it's they obviously most people want a quick fix. But with especially with the adrenals, and when people are just tired or they're just worn out all the time, and they're gaining weight, they're they're having cravings, and it's just, a lot of times there's there are some things you can do supplement wise and hormone wise. But a lot of times, it's, obviously, lifestyle is such a huge thing. I mean, I my biggest challenge is getting people to do that because you know most Americans don't want to hear that. Well, yeah, sleep and eat eat right, and, and here's your nutrition plan, here's the fitness plan. But getting them compliant with that is the hardest part, I think. Um, but it's also <laughs> the most important too. <laughs> Absolutely, especially when it comes, just like you said, especially when it comes to the adrenals, because I'm sure you get this. You'll ask a patient, "Well, how long have you been tired?" And they'll go, "Oh, well, ever since." the birth of my last child. I'm like, well, how old's your child? And they're like, 13. Right. <laughs> okay, so, so 13 years, you've been tired and, and struggling um, and having issues with your hormones, and, and it, so it's not, going to, it's not going to correct itself in a week. Like, you don't expect this to rebound by Monday. You know, it's, it's been a long process in the making um, for this to happen. And you're right, supplements can help, but they're nothing more than a Band-Aid. And right, if, if right. people don't, stop and take care of themselves, um, it, it'll, it won't get better. It'll, it'll get worse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I find that, um, you know, everybody's different. Obviously, uh, you know, for example, this is this is great not to put not to put you on the spot, but for example, I've got a patient, you know, female, you know, mid-40s, you know, eats very well, doing kind of like a paleo-keto plan, you know, works out religiously, uh, sleeps pretty good for the most part. Not crazy stress, but, you know, your typical mom-type stress, but, 
you know, still having problems, you know, losing weight, you know, especially around the midsection, um, you know, tire lots, not all the time, but, you know, most of the time, um, it's just, you know, hormones are on key, you know, being supplemented with hormones, and like I said, eating well, it's just, to me, it sounds smacks more of along these lines, where it's just, you know, kind of getting that quote-unquote cortisol under control and kind of managing the stress, etc., but there's no, it's kind of like doing everything right, but nothing's still not working, so I'm like, right. you know. Yeah, it's definitely very frustrating, especially because I, I tell people, you know, the adrenals are like, think of it like a trampoline. You know, like people will say, I used to be able to handle stress so much better when I was younger, or I used to be able to sleep so much better when I was younger. And especially women, women will say, as I get older, as I hit 40, as I hit 45, as I go through menopause, you know, everything seems to shift. And I'm, I, like, it, it does, it does shift. It's, it's puberty in reverse. And... Your, your adrenal glands are like trampolines, so every time you have a stress, you bounce off your trampoline and go back up in the air again, but as you get older and as you, you know, use and abuse and do things you shouldn't, don't get enough sleep, and then your hormones are shifting, then as you hit your trampoline, it gets more threadbare and more threadbare and more threadbare, and now you don't have it to rebound off anymore, so now you're consistently more tired, maybe you're consistently snappier, um, you know, you're, you're quicker, you have less patience, you don't sleep as well, and and unfortunately, you know, it's, we also tend to gain weight, it's, it's there's a lot of, um, it's a, you know, sort of a survival thing, you know, like, okay, we're in high stress, and we're not managing blood sugar as well as we should, and we're not sleeping maybe as well as we should, and so... Oh, and by the way, you're in your 40s, so we need to pack on some fat tissue to make hormones, and and it's it's not fair. Right. <laughs> when, I redesign, when I redesign the human body, when I'm the goddess in charge, then you know, I'm going to change some of these things. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, definitely, it's definitely tough, for sure. And for men, too. I mean, men, yep. um, go, as you, you know, I'm sure you deal with lots of men who are like, I'm more tired lately, and... I'm more angry lately, and I've got this belly now, and my I'm getting boob development, and I'm kind of depressed, and my erections aren't as great as they used to be, and it's like, yeah, yeah, men go through the same thing. Yeah, what what have you found uh, when you would? And I know you don't do a lot of you know one on one clinical. You're still doing some consulting, but when you, with patients like that, what have you found to work in terms of like a strategy? In terms, of, okay, let's do this first. Let's try this second. What do you tell these people? Because obviously they're looking at you. They're frustrated. They're looking to you for answers. What's what's been your yeah pattern, I guess. I get that. I would say the, the two top things that I do for sure are blood sugar management, blood sugar and insulin, and then and sleep, the mm-hmm. circadian rhythm. Um, obviously, I'm doing everything else. So like you, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm testing, I'm testing the hormones, I'm testing their thyroid. If, they're, if they have a lot of gut stuff, I'm testing, you know, I'm having them do stool testing. But I'm like, I could throw all this stuff in the world at you, but if your blood sugar is erratic, either you skip meals or you, and I don't mean skipping, meaning like intermittent fasting, I mean skipping because you, you know, you don't have time to eat, you're not eating enough, you're eating erratically, and then when you do eat, maybe you eat too much, or you go right for the carbs because you're really hungry, or you're just grabbing, you know, something sugary and chocolatey at Starbucks on the go, and then that's just, you know, that's a stressor that puts more stress on your whole um, adrenal access because right. it's your cortisol's job to limit your blood sugar. And so that's probably number one. And the number two is, is, is sleep. I mean, if you if you don't get good quality sleep, you just don't repair. I mean, right. You just, you, you just have a tough time because it's when all your repair systems happen. It's when you detox. It's when you, you know, your growth hormone comes out, which is like your little scrubbing bubbles hormone that cleans all your cells. It's your DNA repair. <laughs> 
you know, all this stuff happens when you're when you're sleeping. And right. so, so many people go, I only get about four hours, or oh, I didn't sleep very good last night, or I'm a light sleeper, and it's like, ah. And as we get older, we can't compensate like we used to in our twenties. Right. I could be up all night in my twenties. Right. I know. Right. Ten o'clock. Like, <laughs> Time for bed. Time for bed. Yeah. Yeah, I love the I love the scrubbing bubbles. You've got some great analogies there. I love this. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, speaking of that, I was going to touch on this later, but I'll jump into this now. I was going to ask, I was going to get your take on um, nutrition and fasting because I know that's obviously a big thing, and I I do it myself sometimes in intermittent fasting and recommend it for certain patients. But um, obviously, a lot of people um, can do it. Some people can't. I know some sometimes women in particular struggle with it, depending on there's different a million strategies for it. But what's been your experience mm-hmm. with that? Yeah, and people often ask me what I do. So I do it intermittent fasting. I've been doing it for about five and a half years now. And my, um, I'm not a, uh, extreme is not the right word, but I'm not a, um, like, a, some people will, like, not eat for 20 hours, and then they'll eat for four hours, and then other people will not eat for 16 hours, and then they'll eat for eight hours. So I, I strive, actually, to fast for somewhere between 14 hours is my goal. I feel the best when I hit about 14. Some days it's 12 hours where I fast. Right. But I just, I, you know, as a woman who is hormonal and has a lot of stuff going on, like sometimes I wake up and I'm starving and I just eat. Yeah. Because I know if I force myself, like, no, no, I'm intermittent fasting, even though I'm really hungry, I'm supposed to be intermittent fasting, which is it's, which is so much worse because then what you do is then I throw myself into a blood sugar spin, which sends my cortisol sky high, which affects my insulin, and now I feel even worse all day. And so it's it's it is tricky. I do believe in intermittent fasting. Um, some people just do it a couple times a week. You know, some people just do it Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday. But you have to listen to your body. If you if you wake up hungry, if you wake up feeling like this isn't this isn't what I need to do today, then then don't do it. It's so good to hear you say that because I'm the same way. That's my biggest thing is I say you have to listen to your body, especially when I'm talking to people about workouts. And you say, I may get up and say, yeah, I'm going to do heavy lifts or I'm going to do cardio. I just don't feel it that day. So, oh, no, you know what? I'm just going to walk or do some yoga. I just don't feel it. You know, same thing with fasting. I mean, I, there's been days I'm like you. I plan on doing a fast and um, like this past Sunday and I felt great and I did it and I actually went longer than normal but I went to do it last weekend and I, like you like you said I was just hungry and I'm like ah, I'm not going to force it today this is not a good day <laughs> but I think that's the that's the hardest part is I think is learning how to listen to your body and I think it's just something that comes with time and awareness we're, we're such a hustle bustle society I think some, there's something to be said for kind of just chilling out and listening to your body and listening to the people around you and just paying attention you know that's hard to teach so glad you said that about exercise too. I'm the same, same way with exercise. I, you know, I, I, I work out, well, I, four to, let's say four to five times a week, but definitely like last week I was not having it. I would wake up, good intentions, go to work out. And I was like, nope. Nope. <laughs> I think this is going to be just an easy movement day, just some stretching or what have you. And I, that was three, I had three days in a row. I just wasn't feeling it. And man, I just felt so much better. I, you know, I, I felt like, believe it or not, like I looked better. I just felt better. I slept better. And by the fourth day I was like, all right, now you can work out. Now you can go. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> I love it. Nope, not having it. We're gonna do this. <laughs> Are you, do you do you do uh, much in terms of other modalities? Like I'm I'm big on like you know trying as much as I can. It's hard in Ohio, but you know outside getting fresh air, occasionally throwing in the 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 cooler shower. I do a lot of saunas. You know, a couple times a week, uh, light therapy, cold therapy, that kind of stuff. Do you do much of that yes, or? Absolutely. Um, I 
house, and so one of my on my bucket list for this house is to buy a sauna, a dry sauna, because I really want one, a dry infrared sauna. Um, I do the, I definitely do cold showers. We learned a lot of hydrotherapy nice. in um, school, in my school. So I do uh, end my showers a, a cooler at least. So it depends on the day. If it's really cold outside, it's sometimes it's tough to get. Yes. Try <laughs> and I do dry skin brushing. Oh, um, nice. Not Today, but I, often, often enough, um, to try to uh, you know work with lymphatic uh, lymphatic drainage, and so absolutely. And then you know I do a lot of herbs, and I do and, and you know I do diet stuff, and I do actual hormones. I mean I, I've quite a quite a toolbox that I yeah I that I have, and then I have a lot. You know I don't do physical medicine. I don't do I'm not a chiropractor, um, I, or massage, or you know, fascial work. But if I feel somebody's needing that, in fact, I was talking to a practitioner today about a woman who was having really extreme ovarian pain when she ovulated, and she, the practitioner said her hormones look perfect. Why why is she having such extreme ovulation pain? And I said, I, I, I bet she has stuff going on in her abdomen. I bet she needs abdominal work. I bet she needs either, you know, some some body work down there to get just to break up adhesions or structures or or something that's going on around the ovaries and she's like oh my gosh I never thought of that before I was like I've, I've had a few patients who've had either abdominal surgery or they've had c-sections or they've had something endometriosis and so their ovulation pain is really painful uh or is pretty extreme because of all the adhesions and stuff around it I'm like you need to break up the adhesions so yeah fill them out go see that- somebody that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Those are some of the modalities you know you don't think of a lot, but that's 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 a great point for sure. What tell me? So talk about a little bit about um, what you do there at Precision Analytical. I'd love to hear you talk about the Dutch test. I've heard of it. I've never used it myself, but I would love to learn more about it. I've I mean, I've done a lot of tests in terms of um, you know obviously the basic hormones and uh, occasionally. I mean, I've kind of experimented on myself with a lot of like. Um, Organic acid tests. I've done the Genova, the GI tests. You know, testing all my, you know, my 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 GI function, etc. Uh, I've not done, you know, so I've done a lot of things just on some other patients as well as myself. But the Dutch test seems has a nice little collection of all in one kind of thing. So go ahead and, I guess, plug plug the Dutch test and tell me about that. I'd love to hear about it. <laughs> Well, and it's an easy collection too, thankfully. So yeah. a lot of people, are, you know, they get their hormones tested and they, you know, they get the blood drawn. Or some people, maybe who are more in the functional side, have heard of saliva testing where they spit a tube and then um, get the hormones. And so this is actually different. This is not a saliva test. It's a dried urine test. So it's little pieces of filter paper, and you just urinate it. You just pee on them like it's a pregnancy test um, four times in the day. So there's four pieces of paper, these these strips. And you do it first thing in the morning, you do it two hours later, you do it around dinner, and you do it before bed. And the reason is is that you, you get all your hormones, and then um, you do it all through the day because we want to check your cortisol at those time periods as well. So we're trying to get an idea of what your cortisol, your pattern is throughout the day. But the other bonus is that the reason that urine is so helpful that you cannot get out of saliva and you cannot get out of serum is you can't get the pathways. And by pathways, I mean... You make a hormone, and then it has to go somewhere and do something. Um, so you make an estrogen. We can test estrogen. We can test that anywhere. But then estrogen goes somewhere. It gets detoxed through uh, the liver primarily. And with urine testing, we can follow the detox pathway. So I can tell women, hey, this is your estrogen level. 
Um, and then, by the way, this is this is the pathway that it goes down, and, and there's good pathways in detox, and then there's bad pathways. There's pathways that maybe increase the risk for cancer or sort of estrogen-dominant type symptoms. And so I can tell them what their pathway looks like and then what we can do about it. And it's the same with things like testosterone. I can say, hey, here's your testosterone level, but then it's going down this pathway. And, and one of the pathways is a big one for, like, those women with PCOS. This pathway causes acne, and it causes hair growth in places they don't want it, and it causes male pattern baldness, and it causes it can cause prostate issues. And and so, you know, we check these pathways because we want to we want to try to avoid them or do lifestyle changes or dietary changes to just switch them um, or, you know, lifestyle dietary changes to enhance them depending which one they're going down. So DUTCH actually is an acronym. It stands for Dried Urine Test for Comprehensive Hormones. We're not actually a Dutch heritage uh, right. company. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, well, that's the next question I was going to ask is that, as that was you were talking, I was thinking about that because I'm sure I can see how the, the clinical utility of, say, someone is, you know, looks like looking at their blood work, it looks like they're dialed in, but they're still having some unusual symptoms. I could see how this could take it to another level of, well, okay, why is it, why are you, you, on paper you should be good, but you're having, for example, you're, you're still tired or you're having abnormal acne or something, I could see how this would allow you to drill deeper and, and maybe find a solution based on metabolites and different things like that, right? Yep, and we see it all the time. I was talking to a, a doctor earlier today who said, my patient has all the estrogen-dominant symptoms, but her estrogen, her estradiol, which is the most potent estrogen, as you know, was normal in, in on the Dutch test, and she'd have, she had previous lab work in the blood, and she said, how is this possible? And I said, well, keep looking. Look at the pathway it's going down. She's going down the pathway. We call it the proliferative pathway. Or, um, the fancier term is the 16-hydroxy pathway. Right. And I said, she's going down the proliferative pathway, and, and which means she's more at risk for heavy periods, clotty periods, um, tender breasts, and large breasts around PMS, which were all her symptoms. And I said, yes, her estradiol is normal, but when it goes through the liver, she's going down this pathway causing these symptoms. So now we can do something about it. It. Now we can, now we can address it. So she's just looking at blood work. You know, she's and how many men and women tell you this? They get the blood work drawn and they're told they're fine, yet they don't feel fine. Right, right. Because <laughs> you're missing these, these other layers. You're like an onion. You got to peel them back and and see what down, down, down the steroid pathway. Now the Dutch test it also digs into some of like the neurotransmitters too, like what's included or not included, I guess, in that realm. We do some organic acids. We do not test direct neurotransmitters, so we don't test like serotonin directly, but we, we test the metabolite of it. So we test um, the dopamine um, metabolite, and we test the um, norepinephrine and epinephrine metabolite, and then we do serotonin's metabolite. We also added in um, a B12 marker, a B6 marker, and a a glutathione marker, which glutathione is your most potent antioxidant in your whole body. Right. And they all tie in the rounds. All of them tie into either detoxification or mood or energy or the adrenal glands. Um, and so we can just take it one step further. Like, oh, well, this is why you're tired. Oh, this is why you're depressed. This is where seeing your anxiety. This is why you can't clear your estrogen out effectively. So right. just give you a few more layers. No, that's pretty neat because, I, you know, sometimes that's the... Um when you're going down the algorithm tree with a patient, sometimes you have to decide, okay, what test is next? And, for example, you talked about organic acid, and then you're like, okay, but what about this? What about that? Whereas this, it seems like, and maybe you could clarify on this, but if someone's struggling and it looks like, like we were talking about, it looks like they're dialed in, but d digging deeper, this might be a better way to look at everything all in one as opposed to going to, say, 
a run a gases test, and then a, then a, a, a saliva test, and a urine test. It seems like you would kind of cover everything with this. Yes, it's definitely a great start. You cover a lot of bases. Obviously, people will still run an organic acid. We're not an organic acid company. There are sure. great companies out there like Genova and Great Plains. Right. Um, but this is, these are just like a snapshot. Like if you think it's hormonal and you think it's, um, you know, adrenal, like this is a great place to start because we cover a lot of bases. Right, we're, right. We're not a, but if it's gut, that's we're not a gut company. So right. That's we do not do stool testing. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. you do the next step. Like, all right, let's look at all this, and then, hey, I'm going to have you poop in a cup for science as well. Right, absolutely. Yeah, you know, like you said, the organic acid test, you could probably get some more information, but I imagine if, you know, the Dutch taste test, you know, gave you enough, you could probably stop there, or if there's some abnormalities, then you go you go looking further. Absolutely, so. yep. That's awesome. And you're and you're right, I love the fact that uh, it's a lot easier, because I've tried those, those the... You know, spitting in the test tube versus peeing on a strip. One is a heck of a lot easier than the other. <laughs> so. It's hard on a saliva, especially when the instructions say that bubbles don't count, which you think is funny, and you're like, oh, that's no problem. I can come up with saliva. Yeah. And as you're spitting, you're, try, you're like trying to suck your, the saliva out of your gums. Um, oh. It's, it, can, it can be tough to do. And then there are some people who just don't make a lot of saliva. I mean, there's people who have dry mouth, um, especially yep. menopausal women. They're just kind of dry all over, dry eyes, dry vagina, dry joints. Um, dry skin and then they've dried saliva so they're trying to force saliva out of something that's a little tougher whereas Peeing on a piece of filter paper is a whole lot easier. A whole lot easier. Yeah, it's funny you said that that way because I thought the exact same thing. I went, I got everything out the night before, and I thought, oh, yeah, spit, you know, I read the thing. Oh, yeah, just fill this up with spit. Oh, no problem. But I struggled. That took me forever to <laughs> find. I thought, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. <laughs> I've been for years and years. I mean, I'm not trying to bash the testing at all. No, no. I remember being in my car. You know, at the time of day, I'm supposed to collect, and I was, like, driving and trying to spit in this, in this tube. And, you know, the things we do for, for health. Right. Um, Absolutely. So what, it, on the Dutch test, is it, is our eight page stable utilized insurance, or is it just cash only? How does that work? And if so, what's the cost? Just out of curiosity, because, heck, I'll try it, too. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it is not. It is. Uh, let, me, let me back up. We are an out-of-network lab. So if you, if, if your patients are going to do it, then you would provide the ICD-10 for your patients, and then we would provide them with a super bill that they could then submit to their insurance. So depending on their out-of-network coverage, we are seeing like forty. I want to say like forty to seventy percent reimbursement. Um, obviously, um, the places like Kaiser Permanente and you know. Um, maybe some of the, like military insurance, you're like, they're not going to cover it, but some of the bigger ones, Blue Cross, they, they're much more likely to cover at least a portion of it, depending on out-of-network. Gotcha. And so, yeah, and so we definitely encourage patients to go see their practitioner, um, because at the lab, you can order the test as a patient. You can order directly from us. It's uh, to do this, the Dutch, call it, it's called a Dutch Complete. It's 399 Okay. Um, but it's a little different when you go through a practitioner, because we know the practitioner is going to do all of the, you know, the explaining it to you and then going over the results with you, and, and so practitioners get a, get a break for that. Gotcha. And so. Okay. And so we, we, we can't give medical advice, so we have a lot of patients that say, well, I want the test, but I, I need somebody to walk me through it. Like, so then we're, we're like, let's, here's a list. Right. Are you in Columbus, Ohio? Go see Eric. Right, right. <laughs> okay. So if I've got a patient, I want to do it uh, as opposed to, is there, is there something like a, do I just submit something to, to your company? Do I, is there paperwork online? or how, What would be the practical steps I have to take? You have to take as a, as a practitioner. 
there. So you would just go to our website, and I think you have somebody has already done that for you. I'm pretty sure I looked you up. But you would go to our website, and you would sign up to be a provider. It's very straightforward. And then we mail you kits. Okay. Or we can um, ship kits. I know you're doing more online work, so we, we can drop ship kits to uh, your patients for just for just the shipping charge. Gotcha. Okay. And then the results are for you. It's the practitioner, and then you would talk it over with your, with your patient either in person or online or over the phone, however you do it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I think it, I may have looked at, I must have done something there, because I know I did something similar. I think it was another company a while back who was doing something kind of similar. I think it was ZRT or something. They also do some similar type testing, but it's not quite as comprehensive as what you guys have. But that makes it, the way you describe that makes it sound, it sounds very simple. Oh my gosh, yes. If it's not what you do every day, all day, you know, if, if you're part of a general practice or if, you, if it's only a small percentage, even 20% of your practice is hormones, it's still a lot to know uh, in males and females. And so we're, we're here to help. What are some of the most common challenging problems that you, I guess here, because you, you mentioned sometimes you'll do some consulting for patients or practitioners. I guess what are some of the, the most challenging things or the, or the most common things that you get uh, called on to help with? I'd say the number one most common thing I get is estrogen dominant in men and women. I get asked a lot to um, walk them through estrogen detoxification, you know, from start to finish, sure. and then what it means for that patient, you know. So, so I'm explaining like, here are the estrogens. Here's phase one estrogen detox. Here's phase two estrogen detox because the treatments are different, and so a lot of people will put their um, if, the, if like if a woman comes in and says I have PMS. Most practitioners tend to just, you know, grab a liver supplement and, and or progesterone and hope for the best. When it's actually, um, it's not complicated. It's it's just a little more in depth, and then you can individualize it to that patient. You can say, hey, patient, actually, you are having trouble at phase one detox. We're going to support that. Or, hey, patient, you're struggling at phase two detox. Totally different protocol. We're going to support that. Or in some cases, it's both. It's like, wow, you are really screwed up in your detox. <laughs> We're going to support phase one and phase two. And I'd say, and it's the same for men. And absolutely can become, um, you know, have too much estrogen in their body, especially as they get older. And, and the, thankfully, the protocols are, are rather, are actually, they're the exact same. And so, um, so that's probably the number one thing that I explain to people. All day long. And then the number two thing would be our adrenal testing is really comprehensive. We give total cortisol, free cortisol, free cortisone. Cortisone is inactive. And right. we give melatonin. And so putting together the whole big picture of how much do you make, can you make it, um, what you're really doing with it, how much is free and available, how much are you deactivating, and then how is it affecting your melatonin um, is, a, is a big piece. Because most people are just on saliva testing. They're used to just seeing... One, free cortisol, just that one marker. Right. Of, just a bigger picture. Yeah, it's just a bigger picture. So practitioners can be a lot more specific for their patients. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. I mean, I've learned a lot in the last year just about, for example, melatonin. Like you said, they how they you know, certainly they balance each other out, and you have to have those right ratios. And how important that is. So I think that's that's great that you that dig so much deeper. Um, yeah, with, yeah, with melatonin, I can actually you know show people you know like hey, you need to be off your phone at night. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Get rid of that blue light. Yeah. Really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, lensed glasses or, you know, switch your screens to a red, um, to a red background and 
or just get off them completely. I mean, it's even the best, right? Yeah. But sometimes that's just not possible. That's the hardest thing to do. Look at your melatonin. It's been really effective. And then what people don't realize, especially women, because women work way more in the cycle than men do, so melatonin and cortisol are your big, you know, your circadian rhythm. Your cortisol is up in the day like the sun, and your melatonin's up at night like the moon. But if your circadian rhythm is off, like a lot of your rhythms will be off. So for women, like their, their, their menstrual cycles might be off. Their rhythm might be off. And, and it might even affect their um, men's and women's they're hunger cycles. Right. They wake up and they're not hungry, or they don't know if they're hungry, or they don't feel hungry, or the opposite. I feel hungry all the time. It's like they don't have that that rhythm of when to eat, and I, I'm always like, well, how's your sleep? Let's look at your melatonin, because that's your master rhythm maker, so let's see what mm -hmm. your rhythms are doing. Right, right. Yeah, kind of like in a, a, a framework in my head where I, you know, where I see the tests like this or kind of like what I've done for myself where, you know, typically some patients are pretty straightforward. They just, maybe they just, uh, for example, a gentleman might be on, on cue, but his testosterone is low or a woman may just need, she's kind of entering perimenopause and only needs some progesterone, maybe a little bit of testosterone, and she's, after a month, they're feeling great. But I could see this uh, definitely coming in handy where someone is a little more, more symptoms, or they're they're doing good for a you know they're doing very well for a month or so, and all of a sudden things start falling apart again, or they're having some other. It's you know, what should be working isn't. Then okay, okay, now it's time to dig deeper. That makes sense. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. What uh, sure. when when patients have come to you or, or clinicians, uh, do you have they uh, do they typically find once they dig into this, for example, in the Dutch test, that they had to do much else in terms of other. Uh, other other issues too, more advanced neurotransmitters or gut evaluations because I, I see a lot of people with gut issues. I would say a lot of people when they do testing, they tend to do um, well. Of course, depends on the symptoms, but I would say the Dutch test, gut testing, and then you know sort of blood work are done at the same time. Mm -hmm. Not often do I have somebody who says, okay, I just ran a Dutch test and that's it. Usually people say, here's their Dutch test, and oh, by the way, you know, their ferritin is low, their vitamin D is low, their thyroid is this, and this is what they tested positive for on a stool test. And right. Like, okay, let's put it all together. Right. We're looking at these hormones. Um, but definitely, I will absolutely refer, if I see something, especially if there's like a lot of inflammation going on, um, and inflammation will definitely affect the hormones. So if especially, you know, gas or bloating or, you know, diarrhea or stomach upset, and then, and I'll say, have you done a, have you done a gut test yet? I'm like, no, not yet. I'm like, all right, we have to do a stool test. Do that next. Yep. Um, or sometimes people will say, I've done a stool test. They tested positive for, you know, whatever, critter or bug or what have you bad bacteria and they'll say when should I do a Dutch test and I'll say you should wait you should really clean up the gut first everything starts in the gut absorptions in the gut like, communication with the brain through the vagus nerve is in the gut like why don't you start there and then we'll come back to the hormones save the money fix the gut and come back to it so we definitely we definitely suggest other tests regularly yeah great point great point about that for sure absolutely I think that's such a huge problem nowadays. So many people having uh, you know, gut issues and the, the microbiome, the, the things that we're learning about that, I mean, is just tremendous. It's just taking off. I mean, I, the last couple of conferences I was at, just the, the tremendous amount of research that's being deployed there. It's, it's fascinating. It's interesting to see where we'll be in a couple of years. I know. I know. It's almost, it's almost scary because what we're learning now might even just be completely obsolete. <laughs> right. Because I knew last year, it's like, actually, and then they just take it 10 steps further. I'm like, wow, I just cannot keep up. Right, right. I cannot keep up. 
we need teams of people just to keep up with the research. What's your take on uh, metformin? I know a lot of people are real big on that for uh, blood sugar management, even in non-diabetics and, and things you know things like that. Have you seen many people utilizing that, or what's your what's your take on that? Hit or miss. Um, I would say, obviously, I see a lot of it with, of course, diabetics, with PCOS women. I do not see it used very often, at least not for people doing the Dutch test. Um, is more of a preventative. Um, I know that metformin does deplete vitamins, especially things like B12. Right. Um, and so... Uh, I'm not against metformin as long as, you know, people who are prescribing it, it's for, yeah, I think it's like for the right reasons, addressing the lifestyle, watching the B vitamins, things like that. Um, but I, I don't, I don't prescribe it for just straight, straight up prevention. I, I don't, I don't know. It, it makes, it, it makes, it does make me concerned when somebody says, oh, you know, this medication, you know, is a great prevention. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure the research is not Yeah, you sure that? about that? Yeah. <laughs> Sure about that. I mean, I think metformin can definitely work. I've absolutely put patients on metformin when I needed it, and it, and it works. It worked really well. But I was really working with them on all the other behind-the-scenes stuff, right? You know, diet, lifestyle, sleep, gut, thyroid, hormones—you know, all that stuff—with the goal of not having them on metformin for very long. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, I've. Uh... Yeah, I'm kind of the same because when I first started listening to or you know researching myself, I know a lot of people were obviously people who um, really have them struggling with their their blood sugar or their you know obviously sometimes it can be a good adjunct and I've seen it used I've done used it for especially for women say PCOS or um, really trying to get their weight under control their blood sugars out of control but I think at the same time really addressing obviously the nutrition trying to get them you know adjusting their diet maybe even doing some intermittent fasting and sometimes maybe after a period of time once they're dialed in and they're of course, all their blood sugars under control might be able to take them off that metformin. Um, the part that I've been hesitant about is is hearing a lot of people who are already eating well, they're working out well, they're doing all these things, and they're taking it really just for the longevity benefits or uh, you know mitochondria. I, I'm, I, I've my I personally love I love learning about the mitochondria and how what a huge role it has, and learning more and more about it. So, but. I started hearing, you know, reading a little bit of research about well, there maybe it's it might be detrimental to, to some components of the electron transport chain of the mitochondria, and, and other people say well, that's that's not a big deal. So I'm kind of like you. I think it has its role, but I don't think it's a panacea for everybody just to live longer and uh, just to lose weight and all these things. I think it has to be used cautiously. Um, right, right. I mean, like anything, right? Even anything natural, we've learned for years. Your vitamin D is good for everything. Like, yeah, you can still be vitamin D toxic. You can still have a <laughs> inappropriate 25-125 ratio. It's the right. same with things like, you know, curcumin. Everyone, oh, curcumin will fix everything. I'm like, well, like, you know, curcumin actually, yeah, for sure it does. It's, it's, it's pretty freaking amazing, but it also can affect phase one detoxification. So right. Right. It, it just be careful with your person. And, and it doesn't always work for everybody. So, like, uh, there's, no, there's no perfect, there's no unicorn for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No unicorns. <laughs> so. Well, I'm going to start wrapping it up. I've taken I've taken a lot of your time, but I always like to, to wrap up with a few uh, few kind of personal things. Like I love I love to read myself, and I'd love to know if you're uh, other outside the medical world or do you do you do much reading yourself, business or personal development or any other non medical type uh, reading. I do. I'm actually reading for the first time, which I can't believe it is Women Who Run With Wolves, um, which is a very is an older book and all about the in the wild feminines spirit and um so i'm reading that off and on right now when i have time but that's currently sitting on my on my bedside table awesome and then um i've reread the third time um ben, ben lynch's dirty jeans 
I keep going back to that just to pick up little snippets here and there. Genetic, genomics is a, is a big one for me that I'm trying to really understand. And so I'm picking from um, a lot of people trying to read. So. Right. Excellent. Excellent. What yeah. do, do you have a, uh, a set uh, kind of daily routine that you do in the morning, like or a morning routine or a daily kind of pattern of exercise or nutrition or anything? Or <laughs> yeah, I actually, I'd say most days of the week I, uh, I wake up and I work out, um, usually fasting. I feel better if I work out fasting, so I do that first thing in the morning. And then um, I immediately, I'm a green tea drinker, so I make green tea. And then I, you know, wait until I'll... I get hungry, which is usually maybe around 10, sometimes earlier, sometimes later. Right. 11. And then I'll eat, so I'll have my first meal, um, and, you know, go from there. And then my nighttime routine, I'm a very much a tea person, so I have, I drink holy basil tea at night, Tulsi tea. Nice. With rose, so holy basil with rose, and it's my absolute favorite, and that's what I drink every night. I don't know if it's, um... Holy basil is really good. It helps lower cortisol. It's very anti-anxiety. It's just nourishing for the body. But at the same time, I also know it's my it's the tea that I drink before bed. So I think it's also in my head too. Like it's like Pat <laughs> right? Like right. You drink this tea that think you're going to bed. Right. It's time for bedtime. <laughs> for bedtime. So and then wind down. I do. I try. I'm in and out of journaling, and um, I've been doing a lot of the um, gratitude. I try to do it in the morning at night. Uh, lately, it's just been once a day, just because things have been busy and I've been traveling. Yeah, that's... I write down five things that I'm grateful for in my journal, and so I do that. And so I have a, I have a, you know, my little cute striped journal that I keep with me. And that's awesome. So I try to fit that in there. So yeah, not perfect, but I'd say most days of the week. That's fantastic. Are you uh, with your? I'm a, I love it. I'm a, I love green tea too. Do you? Is yours loose leaf or do you buy bags or both? Which is, uh, I have a lot of supplements. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do both, and I have teapots, and I have you know tea strainers, and I have all sorts of things. Who, who's your favorite source of Who's your favorite source of uh, loose leaf green tea? Um, actually, I, I have a local um, store that I go to right, right just right on the corner from the Dutch Lab. Awesome. So I actually don't know what the source is, but they have you know they have it all up in the wall, and it's all organic. And oh, that's awesome. I go crazy in there. I was just I yeah. It. I was curious because I'm looking myself. I'm like you. I'm always trying new teas, and I have a whole cabinet just full of just supplements and teas and mushrooms and all powders and all kinds of crazy stuff. My wife's just, I drive her nuts, but um, I'm. Okay, Puka. Huh. And, and you can get it in the States now, but a couple years ago, I, when I went to Australia for work, I came back with all these teas, and my husband's like, we have tea. I'm like, not these teas. These are different. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like black shoes, right? You can never have too many, So, right? Exactly, exactly. They all serve a purpose. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carrie, tell me how, tell where all my listeners can find you um, online and, and, and so on. Awesome, awesome. 
Excellent. Cool. I'll reach out as well. I'd love to have you on again sometime, and I'll, I'll get. To, I'll make sure the visual is working next time. <laughs> so, I'm. I'm sure my. I'm sure my guy's gonna come back and say, you know, this the audio quality was. He's. He's kind of a perfectionist. He'll say, you're gonna. You might have to redo that one too. So if I call you, I may have to <laughs> ask you some similar questions. <laughs> Well, awesome. Well, I, don't, I appreciate all your time. I know it's, uh, it's been a little bit, so I'm going to let you run. I appreciate that so much. I had a blast talking. I'd love to talk with you again in the near future. Hopefully, if you're willing to, I'd love to have you back on. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Kara. You have a great night. Bye-bye. Sure. Mm, this session is no longer being recorded. Are my turds home? Oh, Daddy's here. So let's all call Papa Face right now while we have a chance. Say Papa Face birthday. And see it. Brayden!
celebrate. We'll have to pick another day to get together. That's all.
like that. And whoever's bottle is on the floor and whoever's bottle is on the floor, you're taking out raisin bottle. Bye, man! Sorry, Mom. Have I planned your trash yet? Yeah. Brayden hasn't. He's sitting there with his bottle and his 
found it. Boys. Boys. Come here.